0: Why are some entrepreneurs successful while others, and mostly others, fail? Our special guest today has interviewed over 3,000 successful entrepreneurs, and he's going to share with you what he has learned from them. Welcome to the Maximize Your Social Influence podcast with Neil Schaefer, where I help marketers, entrepreneurs, and business owners grow their businesses using innovative marketing techniques, leveraging the concept of digital influence throughout digital and social media. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 202. That is episode number 202 of the Maximize Your Social Influence podcast. Normally, If you know how this podcast goes, I like to do a solo episode followed by an interview episode. But this interview that I did with today's special guest was so timely, and you'll understand that as you hear the podcast, uh, timely not only because of what he is up to, but also of what I am up to on my own entrepreneurial journey looking to find my own uncommon success in the common path that others have followed. Uh, If you understand what the play on words are, it is actually the name of our special guest, John Lee Dumas' new book, The Common Path, to uncommon success which he's going to share some golden nuggets with us today john was or jld as he's popularly called was on number episode number 166 the many ways to become an influencer today john started out with podcasting but really he's gone above and beyond that and as i share with john as i launched my own community the digital first a group coaching membership community which if you're still interested in, uh, I am recruiting my first thirty founding members and although there was a deadline, I've had a number of people reach out to me after that deadline. So if that's one of you, make sure you reach out to me like literally in the next day or two after this publishes. But as I embark on that new journey, my first digital product actually, uh, having mainly con- served other businesses as a consultant and a speaker, What advice John gave really resonated with myself as one. I know it's going to resonate with you. I also want to give a shout out to Carla Johnson, who I interviewed in episode number 174, because some of what we're going to talk about with John today comes, uh, there's some similarities with what Carla was talking about about rethinking innovation to grow your business. So you'll definitely want to listen to that after this episode and episode number 166. And I'm such a big fan of JLD. I actually interviewed him over on the School of Influence podcast, the podcast that I co-host with Amanda Russell. So if you can't get enough of this episode, you should already be subscribing to the School of Influence anyway. But if not, go over there and listen to episode number 10, our interview with John Lee Dumas. So let's get to the interview with the one and only JLD. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Maximize Your Social Influence podcast. And I'm really honored and excited to have on a special guest. This is actually his second appearance on this podcast. But when we think of influencers, and specifically in podcasting, he's way more than just podcasting. But this is a guy, his name comes up anywhere and everywhere. He's known by the initials JLD, for those of you that may not be familiar with him. And not only is he just a sage, but he openly shares his experiences and his experiences with everybody, completely open. He's as nice of a guy, actually, you know, we've never met in person, but as nice of a guy on camera as you hear him on his podcast. And now he's entering the world of books, which is really going to allow all of us to experience his magic uh, on a whole different scale. So John Lee Dumas, so welcome to the podcast.
1: Neil, I am fired up to be here, brother. Thanks for that kind introduction. And, you know, if you ever leave your house, we might get to to meet up someday.
0: Exactly. Well, you know, it's funny. You reached out to me, and I also had you recently on the School of Influence podcast. Some of you may have listened to that episode. So, John, actually, the day we're recording this, and I don't like the date podcast, but in, in very soon, he'll be releasing this book. And it really comes at a time in not only my career, but I think there's a lot of you out there that are, I call it digital and social media marketing. It's all this engine, right? And sometimes we tinkle so much in the details that we forget about where we wanna go, or we forget about, you know, the mindset that's gonna take us where we need to go. And I'm sort of, it's interesting because I'm sort of facing that, I just launching my first digital product, believe it or not, it took me, it took me a while because I mainly work with corporations. So I'm actually feeling, and I actually want to encourage the students that enter this to do the same as me, to treat it as an engine, Where do you want to take the engine? Who are the people you want to meet? How can you get there? And I think what what JLD is going to share with us in this book and today is going to help us with with that mindset, especially for all the entrepreneurs that I know are listening. And to me, you know, when I think about Entrepreneurs on Fire, I'm thinking, man, I got a ton of things to do, but I got to push forward in serving people. I got to push forward in in, in creating this community and, and, and helping people. And to me, when you created Entrepreneurs on Fire, I don't know, you know, maybe it was just entrepreneurs that were doing really good. But to me, the fire has that meaning of, of sustaining the energy. So why don't we start there, John? I, I want to start with Entrepreneurs on Fire. I know that's obviously where, where you you made your name, the naming. What's the, the reasoning behind it? And, and the way I'm sensing it, is it the same way that you sensed it when you created it?
1: So I'll tell you the real story. I was folding laundry one night, watching SportsCenter, and I was just kind of throwing some podcast names around in my head. And this is back in 2012. And I said, I know I want the word entrepreneurs in there because that's who I'm going to be interviewing. And I just know that I want to convey a sense of excitement, of enthusiasm, you know, of people who are absolutely crushing it in the space. And that's when the announcer literally said, his name was Stuart Scott. He was known for his catchphrases. He he had the uh, catchphrase, cooler than the other side of the pillow, which everybody can resonate with. You know, at night, you flip over the pillow, you put your, your cheek on it, you're like, oh, yeah, that feels good. Cooler than the other side of the pillow. He goes, LeBron James cannot miss. He is on fire. And I go, that's it. That is a universal term for people that are absolutely crushing it, that they're in the zone, they're making it rain entrepreneurs on fire. And that was the name. I ran to the computer and I was shaking. I was like, tell me this name is not taken in GoDaddy. And I just typed enter and it was like available. And I'm like the best $2.99
0: I ever spent. That is awesome. And LeBron James, by the way, and yourself 12 years later, are still on fire. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Nice. I, grew, I grew up, I grew up a Laker and Dodger fan here in Los Angeles. We had Chick Hearn and Vin Scully, two amazing broadcasters who had a lot of, uh, I'm going to have to use one of those. Well, I'm sure the domain name's already taken, but anyway, let's get back to the subject at hand. So you are publishing a book that is already, this is not even out and I'm legit looking at Amazon. It is, it is number one bestseller in business now. And it's not even on the market. The excitement for this, my personal excitement, waiting for it to come in the mail, the common path to Uncommon Success, A Roadmap to Financial Freedom and Fulfillment. Now, I don't want to just, you know, people are going to have to read the book to get the fullest out of this, but I want to, obviously the journey that brought you here and especially Entrepreneurs on Fire. I know that a lot of the book comes from people, other entrepreneurs that you've interviewed and, and really breaking down their successes. But let's start. Entrepreneurs, for every successful entrepreneur, there's got to be a ton of failures out there. And you've obviously interviewed some of the most successful, but I'm sure that you've, in in the 12 years, you've talked with a lot of people that maybe are, are still trying to find that success. Why is it that some succeed and some fail? Let's start there.
1: I have a very strong opinion about most things. I like when people ask me questions to either give them like an answer all the way on this side or that side. I don't really like the gray area, so to speak. So like To me, I'm going to give you a very strong answer as to why I believe entrepreneurs succeed and why everybody else fails. The entrepreneurs that I've interviewed over the last decade, 3,000 plus successful entrepreneurs, one thing they've all had in common is they have been able to provide the best solution to a real problem that exists in this world. All of the entrepreneurs that I've seen fail, struggle, never quite have it click are the number two solution to a real problem or the number 10 solution to a real problem or the number one solution to not that big of a deal of a problem. And that's why they're failing. That's why they're struggling. Because people, Neil, they will beat a path down to the door of the number one solution to their real problems. And they will ignore the second best solution, the 10th best solution, the 400th best solution. They just won't care. And so, if you are not willing to identify a big idea that you can have in this world and then take the next step, which is the critical step, which is to discover the niche, uncover the void, to find the problem that's not being solved within that big idea or that's being solved very poorly that you can immediately solve better and become the best solution to that problem, you are going to struggle. And by the way, I've interviewed people who were on my show because they were doing that, but then they lost sight of that over the years because I've been doing this for a decade now. So I've seen ebbs and flows of people that are in my past guests and they lost sight of that and they stopped being the best solution or they were overtaken or they just kind of lost their grip or their way and boom, they failed just that quickly. So that has in a nutshell been the essence of this book, become the best solution for a real problem.
0: I think that a lot of people, especially in the digital space, it's so easy to launch a website at a shopping cart and and, and sell something. And they see everybody else doing it. So they figure there's got to be a way to make money at it. But they didn't get back to that core question that you bring up. And before the internet, you really had to do that, right? I mean, you couldn't just easily crowdsource from China, what have you. So I, I think it's a really good reminder that you can't be doing something because someone else is doing. It really got to be thinking of that target audience. And ideally then, John, I'm assuming that this has to be something that you, some of the best entrepreneurs probably had this issue themselves and therefore wanted to create a solution for it. And that's how they became successful as well, right? Or is that just a minority of them?
1: I think that is the majority, is that people had their eyes open, their ears open. They were looking around at real problems that existed in the world. And this is why I think it's a majority, Niels, because... They spotted a hundred problems in the world, but then they were realistic and said, "I don't want to solve ninety-nine of those because I don't have any interest in solving ninety-nine of those problems." But that one problem, ooh, that really resonates with me because mm, I just, I, I I know why that's a problem that needs to be solved, and that's actually my story. You know, I mean, my story was I had a big idea. I want to launch a podcast. Okay, well, I would have gotten slaughtered like a little lamb had I just launched a podcast because that's such a broad, vague idea. So I niched down, which is step two, into business podcasts, which was still too broad. It was 300 or so business podcasts. So I niched down a third time to business podcasts interviewing entrepreneurs. And I said, oh, there's seven. And that's a lot more reasonable. But do I want to be the eighth best business podcast interviewing entrepreneurs? And the answer was no. So I, st- I stepped back and I said, well, of these seven podcasts that interview entrepreneurs, What's a problem they're not solving? What's a void that they're not filling? And I just asked myself personally, well, what actually don't I like about these shows? And frankly, there wasn't much I didn't like. They were were great shows, but I didn't like the fact that they all published one episode per week and I had to wait seven days for the next episode. I was like, I love these episodes so much. I want them every single day. So when I'm going for a walk, I can listen and I'm going for a drive. I can listen, working out. And I said, that's, that's a void. That's a problem that I can fill because I guarantee you there's at least a few other people out there that feel like I feel, which they would love a daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. And so I stepped into that void, Neil, and I created the first daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs, which by the way, made it entrepreneurs on fire. The day that I launched the best solution to a real problem, because it was the best daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. Oh, by the way, it was also the worst It was the only, but it was the best solution to a real problem. And that's why I won.
0: Yeah, it's it's an amazing story and a reminder. I'm going to give a shout out to Carla Johnson, who I can't ramble off episode numbers like other podcasters can, but Carla Johnson, we talked about innovation and her one big advice for innovation is just as what JLD was saying, look around and often you'll get inspired by things around you and new ideas. And, And some of those ideas may help your current business. Some of them may propel a new business. So you also told me before this interview that this is the big idea, right? Capital B, capital I. But just identifying that is not going to be enough for success. But I'm sure there are tons of stories of people who had the big idea, but it was the implementation. I mean, a lot of things can go wrong. So what is, what's the next logical step after that that's going to make you successful?
1: Well, we just talked about, brother, you have to discover the niche within your big idea. You have to say, what is the void? What is the problem that's not being solved? That's step number two. But let's keep going to step number three since we just talked about that. You have to then identify your avatar. You have to say, okay, this person is the perfect listener of my podcast, consumer of my content, client, customer, fill in that blank. You have to know who your perfect customer is your perfect avatar is from day one, even pre-launch, so that you have your North Star about what to create, how to create, and when to create it. And that will be your North Star until you launch, Which is, by the way, step nine, chapter nine, when I bring Jeff Walker in, Mr. Launchmaster himself, to talk in great detail about this. And then step 10 is actually pinpointing your avatar's biggest struggle. Because now that you've launched, you have real avatars in the world. Now I teach you how to go out and talk to them, how to talk to them, what to ask them, what things you're looking for, all of these things to implement into your business.
0: I think that's where, from my perspective, I see a lot of people make a mistake. Any like marketing coach or if you want to launch a product or what have you, they always talk about avatars, right? Who's the perfect avatar? And really, if you're experiencing the problem, you must or you should get to know other people that are experiencing that same problem, right? So I think sometimes we think esoterically or like conceptually, but these are real people you got to get to know real people out there. Maybe some of them are already following you on social media. Maybe they're already in your network. And I think that's where a lot of people fail. They just create an avatar that is fictional. It, it might come true, but if they mess that up, I assume then they're going to mess up this step. And I assume you you have a 17-step plan in your book, I believe. I believe with every step, you need to be successful in order to successfully move on to the next step, correct?
1: It is a 100% chronological step-by-step roadmap to financial freedom and fulfillment. Don't, don't skip a step. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200 until you have successfully completed each step. And I don't care if you come in and you're like looking at the table of contents, which has the 17 steps listed out, and you say, oh, I'm already on step 14. Wrong. You think you're on step 14, and you actually may be there in some sense of the word, but steps 1 through 13 need some massive work. And not every step Because what you're going to do is go through this step-by-step process from the beginning, chapter one, step one, all the way through up to step 14 to catch up to where you're actually at. And three things are going to happen. Number one, you're going to say, oh, I actually did crush this step. Awesome. Validation. Or number two, which is more likely, you're going to say, oh, wow, there's some really good points and ideas here from John and some other people that contributed to this chapter. Like, I'm going to adjust, I'm going to pivot, I'm going to tweak, and I'm going to improve this step and shore it up and make it strong where it was kind of weak before or number three it's just like phew, clean the slate start over we got to do this from scratch because i was doing this wrong and then you get to step 14 you'd be like okay for the first time in my life now i have 14 strong or 13 strong foundational steps behind me now i can start with, with step 14 and go forward through step 17 until the end That is the 17-step roadmap. It needs to be in a chronological order. It is, Neil, the culmination of the 3,000 interviews that I've done with the world's most successful entrepreneurs, identifying the 17 core foundational principles that they all have shared on their roadmap to uncommon success that is part of this process.
0: Yeah, I want to share with you, this is a a future episode of of the School of Influence podcast, but just yesterday, we interviewed one of the co-founders of Peloton. And he's also founded uh, the Active Network and and many other pretty famous businesses. And we were saying, well, you know, what's the secret behind finding these successful businesses and making them successful launches? And he said, it really comes down to there are patterns. There are patterns of success in business. The more experience you have, the more you're able to decipher those patterns and the more you're able to work through them, Hmm. which is why he always wants to have an experience board, higher experienced employees that are experienced in things that he's not in. And what you talk about is, 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 is something very similar is that you've looked at 3,000 plus interviews or that listen to them and you've been able to decipher those patterns, which the average person who might've listened to all those, but it, they may not get, right? So in that, I, I know that there's gonna be intense value in the book. I also know it's not a book where you're gonna read and it, there's gonna be a lot of work, right? And it's gonna be some soul searching for some of us that might've done, like you said, I've done step three, Yeah, I do it over and you might've done it wrong or you might've got 90% right, but you're missing that magical 10%. So, so this is your baby now, right? It's about to go into the world. You have these 17 steps based on all these different interviews of those 17 steps. Do you have like a favorite amongst them?
1: Step seven, chapter seven, design your content production plan. Mm. Neil, this book is seventy-one thousand words. It's two hundred and seventy-three pages. It's a beast of a business book, but every chapter is reasonable. It's like three to four thousand words per chapter. Chapter seven is thirteen thousand five hundred words. Wow. It could be a business book in and of itself. It is a beast.
0: In HarperCollins' leadership, the editors approved it, huh?
1: They approved the chapter, man. They listen. (laughs) <laughs> I, worked, I worked in a lot of lateral uh, movements within my contract. Uh, well, that to, shows
0: the value of it, sir. So, keep going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and after I got done re- writing that chapter, I said, wow. Like, I always knew I had a good content production plan. I mean, you don't produce 3,000 episodes, be th- a guest on thousands of other episodes, do journals, courses, books, speaking, like all this content without having a good good content production plan. But after writing that chapter, I said, oh my goodness. Like, we have a fantastic content production plan. It used to be terrible, but now it is fantastic. And that is a massive reason why we've had such financial success, 91 months in a row of over $100,000 of net profits because of our content production plan. It is the majority of the reason. And if I'm being honest with everybody that's watching right now, specifically listening right now, your content production plan is terrible. You need to hear it from somebody. You're going to hear it from me. Your content production plan is terrible. And that's okay because mine was too. It took me a decade to become fantastic with my content production plan. It took me hiring the right team because I never would have created it by myself. But now our content production plan is fantastic, thankfully. And we have the success to show for it. A hundred million listens to the podcast, over a million listens every month of the show over $20 million of revenue since we started. I mean, all because of our content production plan being spectacular. And in 13,500 words, I show you how to take your terrible content production plan and make it amazing. And it will blow your mind and it will change your life.
0: It sounds like the book is worth it for that chapter alone. Just that chapter alone, man. It <laughs> really is. That is awesome. Can't wait. So working with entrepreneurs and writing about them, what do you think that, you know, an entrepreneur is not the final goal. The success is not the final goal. It's what comes after that. So, you know, from all these interviews and from writing the book, what what do you think, what, what drives, you know, people to success? What, what do you think people sort of want to achieve with the success that they get in their lifetime? What's, what's, what's the end goal here?
1: Well, at the surface level, Neil, like we all want something different, And that's a good thing. Like we all want different things. Like I'm looking behind you and you want to believe about UFOs. You have passion about different things and that's awesome and you should. And that's what makes this world go round. But at the core of who we are as human beings, we truly want three things. We want to be able to wake up every morning and do what we want to do, when we want to do it, with whom we want to do it with. If you are honestly waking up in the morning and you're able to say, I'm doing what I want to do today, where I want to do it, with whom I want to do it with, what else What else is there? I mean, that is what you want to be doing, where you want to be doing it, with whom you want to be doing it with. Like that is massive success. That is freedom. That is you achieving your version of uncommon success. But unfortunately, almost nobody ever really sits down and defines what uncommon success means to them. And what that's really gonna look like on a day-to-day basis. And that's what this book changes.
0: Yeah. And I, I love the fact that it's it the uncommon aspect because it's gonna be different for everybody, right? What yeah. you want, what I want.
1: That's why it, I always say your version of uncommon success, your version of financial freedom and fulfillment. Look at my version of financial freedom and fulfillment is different than a lot of like multi-million slash billionaires that I know, like they would never be satisfied making a couple million dollars a year like I make. I I haven't grown my revenue for eight years because I have found out what enough is for me. And enough is working five days a month, bringing in seven figures a year and being able to focus on the things that I want to focus on, health, wellness, family, travel, other things. And by the way, I built up to being able to only work five days per month. It was not from day one. Like I put in the reps in season one of my business. Season two of my business might've been like working 25 days a month. And season three might've been down to 15 days a month. It's really this fourth season of of my business that I've been able to get it down to five days per month. And by the way, those five days, I am crushing it. Like My schedule is jammed. I'm doing eight interviews on my show, 20 on other. I'm doing all the things. So those five days are intense. About one day per week is what I average. Really working hard. And then the other days, I'm doing other things. Tending my organic garden, hanging out with friends, playing pickleball in my plunge pool. That only takes three minutes a day, by the way, because that's cold. My infrared (laughs) sauna, exercising, playing with my dog, Gus, who's adorable. And that's my life. And guess what? I could work, Neil, 10 times harder and make two times the amount of money, maybe three times the amount of money, maybe five times the amount of money. do Donate it. It's got enough.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, the important message there is you got to first got to figure out what your end goal is. And I know, obviously in your book, you talk about financial freedom. I think that's what a lot of people want, but I think the freedom of time is also really critical. I began my journey when, you know, I, I was a traveling salesperson, I, I traveled to Japan or Asia two weeks out of every two months. And my wife was living here in the States. She, we, we had a one-year-old and we had, a, we had another one on the way. And, and she broke down crying one day saying, say, Neil, what, will you, can't you stop what you're doing for me? And that's when I realized that building the career was not the end goal here, right? Mm-hmm. It was happiness with, with the people I loved, but it was also being able to make the choice to spend time watching my kids grow up and that is what has fueled me and and part of it is so i haven't created i i don't have a lot of passive income per se it's active so i'm still trading time for money but i'm getting to work with the companies i want to work with and doing the things i like to do and getting paid very handsomely for it so for me that works right for other people they want to stay and i enjoy having my foot in corporate america i love the teamwork Right. I love being around other people uh, and working with them and, and, and gaining success with them. But, but, you know, other people are different and it's just a great reminder. So, the common path to uncommon success obviously, the name of the book. I assume it's going to be hard work, but I know a lot of people listen to this well, it's a common path. And if the success is uncommon, I can make it anything I want. It's got to be easy. Right.
1: So, I don't like when people put words in my mouth, so I really want to disagree with you, but I can't because, listen, this book is called The Common Path to Uncommon Success. It's not called The Complicated Path or The Secret Path or The Hidden Path. It is a common path, meaning it is something that the thousands of entrepreneurs that I've interviewed have all trod upon. It is a very common and fundamental path that has 16 core principles, sorry, 17 core principles that all successful entrepreneurs share along this path. But do not mistake the word common for easy. The common path is hard work. It is hard work. Neil, to grow my dream business, it was hard work. I put in hard work to grow my dream business. Every successful entrepreneur that I've interviewed has worked hard to get to the level of success that they have. They may be in cruise control now. Maybe. Some of them aren't because they don't like cruise control. They love going full tilt, which is, again, their version of uncommon success. But they worked hard to get to success. But you know what also is hard? Being broke. Living paycheck to paycheck. Waking up every morning doing something that you have to do, not that you want to do. Looking in the mirror and kind of being a little disappointed because you're not fulfilling what you know your own potential is. That's hard. And I'm speaking from experience there. For six years, I lived that hard life of being broke, of unfulfilled potential, having to be honest with myself that I wasn't, you know, doing nearly the type of things that I could be doing. And so at 32 years old, when I was thinking about launching my business, Entrepreneurs on Fire, I said, that is going to be hard work. I knew it was going to be hard work. But the other path Was hard too, and so I chose my hard. I chose the hard of growing a business and getting to my financial freedom and fulfillment and uncommon success. And everybody listening to my voice right now has that same opportunity to choose your hard.
0: That's really inspiring words, Mister John Lee Dumas. I want you to finally share as as a fellow author, and we've had others on this podcast talk about why you should write a book and and what have you. There's probably a lot of people that are are curious about writing a book and, and marketing it. And I was really, I mean, I told you before we started, I was really impressed with your launch. Now, John, originally I said, this is going to come out later. I'm actually going to push this out as soon as possible so that Thank everybody you. listening has a chance to take advantage of your book launch. Cause I took advantage of it. I want to share it with everybody. And there's only, we're talking three or four days. So if you're listening to this, you better get on it fast, but can you share with us? And, I, you know, I'm with HarperConnell's Leadership as well. You probably had the conversation of how you do the book launch and how, how did you come about doing what you're doing and what are you doing for, for those that don't know?
1: So I want to go all out with the pre-orders because with pre-orders, it helps get the word out and it helps, you know, with the pre-ranking. So if you like actually go to Amazon right now, you'll see that my book is already number one ranked book in business in all of Amazon. It's a top, like... 1,500 ranked book in Amazon and it's not even available yet. So, I mean, the book has had fantastic um, success with the amount of pre-orders that I've been able to conjure up over a lot of hard work over the past three months. I can tell you that much for sure. And I will tell you that the most successful thing that I did was number one, you know, work on reciprocity, which was All of the people that I've been able to interview over the past 10 years, the past decade, and elevate their message, their mission, their voice to the world through my platform, Entrepreneurs on Fire, I went back to, and I created 300 personal videos on my own time. Speaking of doing things that don't scale, this did not scale. 300 personal videos, an average of four minutes per video. These were not copy and pasted videos. This was me for four minutes giving a personal video to one individual that was on my Dream 300. And I was very clear with what I was looking for. That I was looking for three things. Number one, will you pre-order three hardcover copies of my book? No, No wiggle room there. Like I was very clear on that one directive. I figured three was a fair number. I'd want to ask them for 10 because that's a little maybe obnoxious, but I felt like three was pretty reasonable request and it was really going to help if a lot of people took action on that. And then I said, also, I'd love for you to look at my bulk offers, which start at 12 books and go to 1200. If any makes sense for your team, for your audience, I'd love if you considered a bulk order. And then number three, you have a great platform. I would love to get on your platform to talk about the message of this book. And I was very clear with these three things that I was looking for. And I was bold. I was direct. And, you know, I was at the same time saying, hey, if it's not the right time or this doesn't make sense, no hard feelings. I'm passionate about this book and I would love your support if you're able to give it. And that those 300 emails went out. I did another 2,700 emails, which had my virtual assistants email one by one by one. So, the person actually's first name was there, plus a link to their podcast episode. It wasn't a personalized because I can only do 300. That was pretty much my cap, but they still got the same video and with the same three messages. And that is what's been allowed me to be everywhere be on over 300 other podcasts over the past three months by busting my butt and being on these platforms and getting the word out in as many ways as I possibly could. And plus to another level, which you kind of alluded to a little bit, have amazing pre-order bonuses where I literally am gifting every single person who pre-orders my book, all three of my journals. I am gifting an amazing live event that we're doing later this year with people that were featured in my book, like a Jeff Walker's, the Russell Brunson's, the Remi Satie's, the Pat Flynn's, Amy Porterfield's of the world. We did a a lost content episode where Kate and I talked about the book publishing process, the pros and the cons, and some real details like, you know, my advance as a first-time author. We reveal that, you know, which was pretty unique for different reasons you'll be able to hear and some other awesome bonuses as well. And uh, that has been the major reason why we've been able to kind of essentially be everywhere because we made it an absolute no-brainer because those bonuses disappear on launch day. If you don't have those, if you don't um, pre-order the book by launch day, you will get an amazing book, but you won't get any bonuses as well. So, we kind of made it a no-brainer for people who are hearing it, who otherwise, Neil, and you know this being an author, it would be like, oh yeah, like that, that book sounds great, but I mean like I don't need to commit to pre-ordering now. Like I'm just going to order the book when it comes out and then of course life happens. They never think about it again and the book comes out and they never pre-order it. And so, now day one, I'm getting thousands and thousands and thousands of orders that will just cha-ching right on that day that's going to springboard this book into continued higher rankings within Amazon. And you know, a lot of people just search Amazon for the top rankings for books and they've never heard of me, but they'll see this book and it might intrigue them. And then that will continue to feed the monster, so to speak, to continue that cycle of awesomeness. And who knows where it's going to go from here.
0: Yeah, amen, brother. That's awesome. <clears throat> of all the uh, we hear about launch, pre-launch campaigns, what JL did with what, what JLD did was was really amazing because the bonuses were worth X times the book, right? And personally shipped out. I I got mine the other day. That that's not cheap. And as an author, I had someone the other day on Instagram. He's like, dude, you know, you got to do more. He was Indian. He's like, dude, you got to do more in India and stuff. And you know, you got to do some marketing here and I can help you. And it's like, well, the, for me, the ROI of the book, isn't the book sales, it's exposure you get from the book and the business that comes from that. Right. I think every publisher will tell you the same thing, but obviously the more exposure you get in the pre-launch, which for a book is even more critical uh, for all the reasons that John talked about here, it's going to be you know critical to success. I'm really excited to see what happens for all of you listening, man, you got to, you got to act fast on this, but act fast, get it. Cause you're going to want the book anyway what I'm curious is what's next. When, when I interview on this podcast a year from now, what are we going to be talking about, JLD?
1: We'll be talking about the book, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've got a long vacation ahead of me after this book launch. And, you know, I'm just going to be seeing what happens, seeing the feedback that I get, you know, seeing where the next opportunity arises. Really asking that question again. What is the next problem that I want to solve? Like that's going to be what I'm doing in a year from now.
0: And I want to congratulate you, the way you have the book, there are so many books out there, business books that just have interviews, but you've gone above and beyond that and, and created a framework and deciphered the patterns and inputted where it makes sense into what area. So I want to congratulate you on a, on a, on a job well done. I, I'm still waiting to get my copy in the mail. I know it's coming soon. Uh, and I encourage you all to go out there, get a copy. JLD, you know, going forward, the book, book will obviously be available on Amazon. Where else? I know you have of course, I mean, you got all sorts of stuff going on. Where can people find out all about you and all the greatness that you have out there?
1: Eofire.com is our headquarters. Entrepreneurs on Fire is our podcast. So definitely listen to that show. It's fantastic. Neil's been a fantastic guest on that show, of course. And UncommonSuccessBook.com. UncommonSuccessBook.com is where you can Check out the book at the first chapter for free to see if you like my writing style. Check out a video of me jumping in my pool in Puerto Rico and telling you more details about the book. See the bonuses that are available. If I didn't say that already, the endorsements from Seth Godin, Gary Vaynerchuk, Neil Patel, Eric Manny, Dory Clark, and
0: pre-order the book. Awesome. Thank you so much. Just the best of success. I know you're going to get it, but I just want to say it anyway. It's really, really a privilege to have you on today. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks. Thanks, Neil. Much
0: appreciated. All right. I hope you... Enjoyed the interview as much as I did. Uh, I wanna remind you to stick around that you know, I'm only on episode number 202 here, JLD to 3000, I got a ways to go and I'm committed to the journey. I also wanna thank, as I usually do, I know that a lot of you out there in Canada, Germany, Sweden, Mexico, Ireland, I I salute you and I thank you for being fans of this podcast and helping this podcast rank in the marketing charts uh, on Apple Podcasts in those countries. So thank you so much. If you enjoyed this show, I really do hope that not only do you subscribe so you don't miss future episodes, but you'll take a minute out of your day to write a review on whatever podcast player that you use. And it's really from your reviews that I get a sense as to what content resonates with who, right? It also is that energy that really fuels my passion and that keeps me going. So if you, if you got any value, I would really, really appreciate that. And uh, once again... If you want to be part of this community I'm building after listening to that podcast, you want to you want to get those digital marketing skills to help with your success. As JLD said, he has his full chapter on that content promotion machine or or infrastructure. And it, it's just so integral to building influence and to building digital business today in this digital world we live in. I hope that you'll consider, go over to neilschafer.com slash membership and you'll be able to uh, apply there. Otherwise, hey, wherever you are in the world, Make it a great virtual. I know we're going to be open up soon, but we're not there yet. Make it a great virtual social day. We'll be back at you again next week. Bye-bye, everybody, and sayonara. <laughs>